Welcome, welcome to Worship from Schweitzer Church. I'm Pastor Jason. We are so glad you've joined us in worship today. Wherever you're at and whatever today is, we're so glad you're here that we can worship together. Uh, if you're new with us, if this is your first time, we encourage you to check in with us. We'd love to uh, send you a Starbucks gift card and say thanks for being with us. Today we're wrapping up our, our uh, series on Psalm 46. We've been taking a look at how we can trust in the Lord. And today we're going we're gonna to hear about rest, how the Lord brings us rest. If you'd like to go deeper with the sermon, find ways you can connect with other people who are, who are going deeper in their own discipleship, we encourage you to go to schweitzer.church next. You'll find discussion questions that go along with the sermon. You'll find other groups that you can connect to. It's a great next step. Uh, next up is Stephanie, and she's going to share with us some ways that you can connect with things at Schweitzer this week. Let's take a listen. Hi, I'm Stephanie. I mean, I'm Taylor, here to give you today's announcements. First up, Schweitzer Student Camps. High schoolers, middle schoolers, you're invited to join Schweitzer students at CIY or Christ in Youth Camps this June. I have personally attended CIY my entire life. It's one of the greatest experiences you can possibly have. So make sure you sign up. The deadline is the end of May, so get on it, register really soon. Next up is Camp Barnabas. Our students will be going on a mission trip and a camp all rolled in one to serve at Camp Barnabas. You can learn all the details you need and sign up to register for both CIY and Camp Barnabas at schweitzer.church students. You may have already heard, but this year we're putting a whole new spin on Vacation Bible School. Let's hear from our kids department, Stephanie and the other Taylor. Hi, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Taylor. Schweitzer Church has had a long tradition of excellent Vacation Bible School programs. Year after year, the kids' ministry has pulled out all the stops into creating a fun and exciting week for the children of Schweitzer and the local community. This year, BBS is getting an exciting new refresh. Introducing Hometown Heroes Family Experience. Brought to you by Schweitzer Kids Ministry. A new name, a new time, and a whole new experience. This family experience will look at how Jesus rescues us through the lens of hometown heroes, such as firefighters, police officers, and healthcare workers. Join us June 13th through 15th from 6 to 8.30 p.m. and bring the whole family. There'll be music, games, crafts, Bible lessons, and more. We need lots of help to make this happen, so sign up to volunteer at schweitzer.church kids. We can't wait to see you there. I am so excited for that, and I can't wait to see all of you there. That Friday, June 17th, we're inviting the whole Schweitzer family to a Springfield Cardinals game. It's $10 to get in, you get a hat, great seats, and fireworks. And speaking of the Cardinals, our second season ministry will be hosting some of their leadership team as our guest speakers on Thursday, June 2nd. Join us for lunch on the grill at 11.30. Sign up and get all the details about camps, baseball games, and other summer fun at schweitzer.church slash next or at the Blue Booth in person. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now let's continue with worship. Thanks. Taylor, not Stephanie. A surprise. There's lots of surprises today. Thank you. Um, if you're worshiping with us live, 
We'd encourage you to take a moment, say hello in the chat room to the friends that are there and sign in, let us know that you're here. If you like prayer, somebody would be happy to pray with you in the, in the prayer room. Now, let's enter into worship with joy, with gladness, knowing that the Lord is going before us and there is much for us to be learned and to live as we follow after Christ. Let's worship together. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood, a mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his i 
Friends, uh, today is a milestone day for a lot, of, a lot of people. I put this garb on just to kind of celebrate and signify the, the profound milestones that a number of people are having among us. As you may know, there are a lot of people who are graduating and we're celebrating graduates all around us. Some people are graduating from high school, others from college, some from graduate school. In fact, this upcoming week, we're gonna have celebrations from preschool and graduates from preschool at, at Grow to Know. So we're gonna pray for those who are graduating among us. At the same time, we're gonna pray and celebrate the gift of God because some people are taking another step of retirement. And there are three special people at Schweitzer who are retiring from the Schweitzer team. There's Pastor Jim Mason and Mary Decker and Jane Rebke. These three folks have walked among us. They've, they've loved the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And they've loved you and me. They've loved the church. They've loved this community in which they've worked for several, several years, each one of them for several years. Um, <clears throat> myself and, and you, we all know that we have been the recipients of their gifts and graces. They all responded to a call of God and, and they stepped into some profound work, work that you and I have been able to see visibly and experience, have been tangible expressions of God's grace to us. And there's all, all of them have contributed to work that we will never see. And yet it was faithful, it was diligent. It was a, a work worthy of the Lord that they offered up in sacrifice and praise. And so as we enter into a time of prayer, we want to remember our graduates and pray for them. We also want to remember those who've walked among us, who are taking an, a new step into a new chapter of life called retirement. We want to celebrate what God is doing. And as we pray for all of these folks among us, that may be you, uh, we also want to lift up our own prayers. What is the new chapter, the new thing that God is leading us into? I want to pray for that as well. So I invite you now to join me in prayer. Almighty God, today we celebrate the accomplishments of the graduates who are among us. They have worked diligently and we thank you for your provision, wisdom and guidance for them along the way. May they continue to walk in your will in the days ahead. Please bless them with faith hope and love, and please help them to use their gifts wisely, all for your glory, through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Now join me as we see the names of our graduates flash before us. Join me in whispering a prayer to the Lord on their behalf. Today, Lord, as we celebrate the graduates, we also celebrate those among us, Pastor Jim Mason, Mary Decker, and Jane Repke, who are retiring from service as, as active part of the staff of Schweitzer Church. We lift those, these servants to you in celebration and in joy for the ways in which they have followed after you and the ways which they have served your church in this community of Schweitzer. For all of those ways that they've touched us, we rejoice. We pray a blessing, your blessing, would rest upon them. And the new chapter that they are stepping into 
would be one where you go before them, you comfort them and lead them, and you help them continue to run the race you've called them to, to your glory and honor, to their good. We bless them and we bless you in Christ's name. And now friends, would you join me in saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As we come to a time of worship through our giving of tithes and offerings, and we just celebrated the, um, and giving God thanks for the ministries of Jim and Jane and Mary, those who've walked among us, we're reminded that, that God uses people and through the, our active and obedient giving and worshiping the Lord through, through tithes and offerings, the Lord does some incredible work through, through a people that he's called and he's equipped. And so as we celebrate that ministry, as we look ahead, we're reminded that God has called people to active presence and, and work within the life of the church. And your gifts, your obedience, your joyfulness in giving helps to make ministry possible. So thanks for being faithful and generous to what God is up to in this world. Uh, you can give today at Schweitzer.church giving, or you can go online and use the Church Center app. Thanks. Now, let's continue in our worship as we turn towards Psalm 46 and we hear about how we can trust in the Lord. Welcome today. My name is Spencer. So, so good to be with you today. This is week five, part five of our series called uh, God, Our Refuge. As we've been spending five weeks, this is our last week on this, exploring how God is trustworthy and good. And so for these five weeks, we've been exploring Psalm 48. It's 11 verses. We're diving in deep and looking at five themes that we see that this teaches us about God's trustworthiness and how he is good, why we can trust him with every detail of our life. So next week, we'll start a new series on the Sermon on the Mount. It's going to go all summer long from Memorial Day to Labor Day as we read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. three chapters, one teaching of Jesus that's really all about what does it mean practically to follow Jesus. And so we're going to touch on all kinds of areas of life. It's going to be super practical. I'm really excited for this. It's going to be powerful. I hope you'll want to invite someone to come along with you as we start this new series next week. So today, part five of this series God, our refuge, Psalm 46. Here's how Psalm 46 goes. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. 
God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And so there's Psalm 46. Now, normally when we do these series, we read kind of line by line and unpack it as we go. But with this series, we've looked at this in terms of five themes that we see. And these themes aren't in any certain particular order, just five things that we see that the psalm teaches us. And so today we're going to see this this theme that Psalm 46 teaches us, that when it comes to the Lord, our call, our invitation is to be still. Now, I'm, I'm taking those two words, be still, straight from Psalm 46. Verse 10 says it like this. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, this is a verse I've heard preached on a number of times. And a lot of times when I hear Psalm 46, verse 10 preached about being still before God, I hear it preached in terms of of a way of prayer. And so this is a a common verse that that I've heard. Maybe you've heard it preached like this before as well, that that there's a way of prayer that, that when we pray, one of the things that we need to do is to be still before the Lord, that we need to practice silence. We need to, to, to listen to what the Holy Spirit says to us in prayer, that we need to rest in prayer. Because sometimes when we, when we pray, we, we need to do exactly this. We need to shut up. We need to listen. We need to just rest in God's presence. Then prayer is less about what we say, and it's more about you know showing up and being in the presence of the Lord. And so I've heard Psalm 46 preached on a number of times about how Sometimes when we pray, we just, we just need to be quiet, we need to be still, and we need to listen to what the Spirit teaches us and speaks to us while we pray. And I, I certainly don't disagree with that. I think that's absolutely right, that that is something we need to do in prayer. But, but I also think that this verse is teaching us so much more than just an approach to prayer. Really, this verse, this theme is teaching us really an approach to life. Because there is a way that you can live your life That's all about you. It's all about what you can do and what you can accomplish, how you can reach your goals, how you can achieve uh, your your desires, how how you can, you know, set benchmarks and you can meet those, that that you can you can produce and you can create and you can work hard to achieve what it is that you want to work for in your life. That there's a an approach to life that's that's all about that. I mean, have you ever heard the metaphor of of the duck? It's kind of an old metaphor, but People will say sometimes you just, you need to be like a duck. And what they mean is, you know, a duck floats along the water gracefully and just kind of glides along, is all serene and calm, but under the water, right? They're kicking like crazy to go where it is they want to go. And so people will be like, you, you need to be like a, a duck where, you know, on the surface, maybe on the outside, everything's calm and serene, but you have worked like crazy to get there. And there's an approach to life that's, that's just that, that, that you need to work your tail off in order to achieve, in order to accomplish, in order to, to, to live the good life that, that you want to live. And there are lots and lots and lots and lots of people who approach life exactly through that lens, that it's all about what, what, what I do. I mean, there are books and podcasts all over the place that 
emphasize things like productivity and efficiency and reaching your goals. And, and, and certainly I, I read, I read those books. I mean, I'm a goal driven person myself and I, I've spent a lot of time reading those kinds of books, but there's a thing that happens where, where sometimes you become so focused on your goals and accomplishments and achievements that this becomes your worldview. And you begin to look at all of life through this lens of achievement and accomplishment and my goals. And that's all I want to do. And so you end up living like the duck where you're just working your tail off in order to, to create and to achieve. And, and this becomes your, your approach to life. And I speak this from experience that, that when this kind of approach of goals and achievement and accomplishments becomes your approach to life, your worldview, well, you're no longer able to say things like, God is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Because what I've done is I've made life all about me. But that's not the only option. Here's another approach to life that you can take. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations, I'll be exalted on the earth. This is another approach that we can take. Now, when, when we hear this phrase from Psalm 46.10 about the nations, we need to be really clear about what we're talking about here because there is this, this thing that's being said that maybe it could be missed uh, if you don't know the Bible real well or aren't, aren't connecting the dots here because when you hear the Bible speak of the nations, that should trigger lots of thoughts for us because this is one of the major themes that we see in the Bible. I mean, from beginning to end, there is this concern that God has for the entire nations. I think about Genesis 11 tells the story of the Tower of Babel where the nations are divided by language and sin. Genesis 12 talks about how God is sending Abraham and his family to be a blessing to the nations, the entire world, because God is concerned for the entire world. You keep reading the Bible, you read about the prophets, and the prophets have this consistent message that Israel, God's chosen people, that, that they are to be a light to the nations you think about what the Messiah does. He opens the door of salvation to the nation so that the church is called to go and make disciples of all nations. Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, these people from all of these different nations come together and they hear the word of God preached in their own native languages. You think about the end of the Bible. Revelation talks about how heaven is going to be populated by people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Like this is for everybody. This is the work of God. God is concerned about absolutely everybody. And so when you hear here in Psalm 46.10, this, this line about how God will be exalted among the nations. We're, we're not just talking about the nations here. We're talking about this bigger biblical theme about how God's purposes are going to be accomplished. God will be exalted. His purposes are going to be a, accomplished. And so we, we're triggered here to be remembering, to be reminded of the great purposes of God that's going to happen and going to be accomplished because this is what we read on every page of the Bible. I will be exalted among the nations as a way of saying that God is going to be and is sovereign. His purposes are going to be accomplished. Even when it looks like maybe it's not being accomplished, His purposes will still ultimately be accomplished. And so even when we think about times where maybe you know, it doesn't look like God's purposes are being accomplished and you can name things. I mean, we could create a long list of things like wars and violence and shootings and death and disease and divorce and all kinds of things that, that we know are not God's purposes for, for life on earth and for flourishing. And yet when we see these things, we also are reminded, you know what? Those things don't ultimately win. God's purpose ultimately wins. I will be exalted among the nations is this call to us that God's purposes ultimately win. And so therefore we are still. Be still and know that I'm God. Know that I am sovereign. 
this, this verse, Psalm 46.10, is a, is a call to us to be still before the Lord, to trust Him, to rest in His promises, to rest in what it is that He can do. That instead of living our lives trying to achieve and accomplish and, and working our tails off, it's a, it's a call, it's an invitation to approach life with another uh, worldview altogether where we see that that really what life is about is God's purposes. And that's not really up to me, it's up to Him. The work is His to do, not mine to do. And so, therefore, I can, I can rest. I can, I can be still and I can, I can live my life understanding that ultimately God's purposes are going to be accomplished in my life, in my relationships, in my health, in, in my finances, on, and all these things that I seem to get all worked up about in my career. This is really about God's purposes. And what I, what I get to do is I get to submit these, these parts of my life that sometimes I think are all about me and I get to give them to the Lord because really these are all about, it's all about Him. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. This is a, an invitation to an approach of life where we can, we can rest in the confidence of knowing that, that the Lord is sovereign, that His purposes will be accomplished, and that we can trust Him with absolutely every part of our life. There's a story in the Bible that I've been thinking a lot about in the last five weeks as we've been going through this series. It, it comes from 2 Kings chapter 6, and it's a story about the prophet Elisha. Now, the story happens that, that when this opens, there is this uh, army that is invading Israel. And, and as this army is invading Israel, they have more people than the Israel army does. And everyone notices this. And so people are, are freaking out because, because this invading army has so many more people. And, and Elisha comes on the scene, this prophet of the Lord, and he tells people, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we don't have to be afraid. We, we, we don't have to freak out. We, we don't have to be so anxious and stressed because we can, we can trust the Lord. We, you know, God is our refuge and strength. Be still and know that I am God. Like these, these kinds of things in Psalm 4610. He doesn't quote those exactly, but he, this is how he lives. He, he lives this approach to life that rests in the confidence of God. Now, there's other people, of course, around him who are living this other approach to life that's all about what can I do? What do I have to do? How do I accomplish this? And so when this invading army comes and starts to lay siege to the city, well, they're, they're going crazy. They're, they're freaking out because it's all about them. What do I have to do to produce? What do I have to do to, to create the, the, the solution here? What, how does this fall on my shoulders? And, and Elisha's telling him, no, 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 no. You, this is about trusting the Lord. And so there's one person in particular that Elisha starts to have a conversation with. And this man, he's like, how do I do this, right? How do I live into this worldview, this, this approach that you're talking about where I can trust God and be still before him and rest in his confidence, rest in who he is. And, and Elijah has this great line, he says. This is 2 Kings chapter 6, um, verse 16. He says this to this man. He says, he says, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. That's Elisha. Don't be afraid. And then he says, those who were with us are more than those who are with them. What a great line. Those who are with us are, 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 are greater, are more than those who are with them. And this man he's talking to has to be like, what? What are you talking about? I mean, I can do the math. There's 
more on that side than on this side. I've got the spreadsheet right here. I can see it. I've got the data. We are doomed. What are you talking about more with us than are with them? And so Elisha goes on in verse 17 and says this. It says, Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Like he, he saw the heavenly armies that were surrounding the people of Israel. Like Elijah had this understanding that there is more at work here than what I can see. Right? There's this understanding that, that God is able to do more than what can be explained just by the natural world. There's there's, there's more here than what can be explained by just what I can rationalize and what I can reason, what I can understand, what I can measure and test. There's, there's more at work here. There's more at work here that God is at work among us and around us. And so maybe I can't physically see all of the solutions and yet I know that God's purposes are going to be fulfilled. I can rest in that. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be concerned. I don't, I don't have to spend all of my energy worrying about every little thing. Instead, I can rest in the knowledge that God's purposes are going to be fulfilled. You see, there's kind of two approaches to life that we can have. One is all about us. What do I have to do? How can I control the situation? How do I come up with the solution? How do I accomplish here? And then there's an approach to life that rests in this invitation to know that the Lord is God to know that he will be exalted among the nations, that his will is going to be done, that, that his purposes are going to be accomplished. And maybe around us it doesn't look like it at the time, but it's this resting in the, in the knowledge of what the Lord is going to do. Recently, someone pointed out to me that there's this great way of knowing which approach to life you're taking. And, and one of the ways that you can know which approach to life you're taking is, is by looking at how you pray. And so this person pointed out to me, he, he said, you know, when you think about how a lot of people pray, a lot of us pray, especially when we're anxious and worried and there's storms around us and there's challenges, we pray the exact opposite of how Jesus told us to pray. So let's, let's think about this. Jesus told us to pray, Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. He gave us this way of praying and it goes like this. Um, Jesus taught us to pray and he said, to pray like this, he said, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The Lord's prayer This is how Jesus taught us to pray. And so this person, he pointed out to me, so when Jesus you know, is teaching us to pray, it starts off with this praise and celebration of who God is, right? Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, your kingdom come. And it's a celebration of who the Lord is and what he's done and why we can trust him and his character and his purpose. It starts off with this praise and celebration of him. But a lot of times what happens when, when we pray, when we're stressed and anxious and worried, when we're really living this approach to life that it's all about us, is we jump to the end of the prayer. And think about how the prayer ends. It ends with this. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's like the, the prayer ends with this like, Help us, rescue us, save us, you know, change the circumstances, heal us, give us deliverance, help us know what to do. And it's just like, we sometimes jump to this. And so sometimes what we end up doing is we invert the Lord's prayer, the way that Jesus has taught us to pray. And we start 
with all of the things that are wrong, and we maybe sometimes don't even get to this praise and celebration of the, of the Lord. And so someone pointed this out to me that so often we, we invert the Lord's prayer and it just clicked in my brain. It's like, oh my gosh, yes. I mean, I do that. I absolutely do that. And it makes total sense though that if you're somebody who is resting in the promises of God and you're resting in the sovereignty of the Lord and you know that he will be exalted, well, of course, you're gonna start your prayers with praise of the Lord. You're gonna celebrate who the Father is. You're gonna pray for his kingdom and his will to be done because you, you understand this really isn't just about you. This is really about him. It's all about him. My life is, is his. My relationships are his. My health is his. My finances are, are his. My career is his. Everything is his. And so if it starts off with that, then I can, I can rest. I can, I can feel secure and be secure because I know that the Lord is going to be sovereign. And so, of course, I start off and I, and I take time to celebrate and praise who he is and, because he's the one who's at work. So as we um, are here on this last week of this series, um, part five, five weeks here on Psalm, Psalm 46, I wanted to, to take some time here and get more practical as we close out here in the last few minutes. And, and as, we, as we do this, I want to I apply, especially Psalm 46 verse 10, but really the whole concept here of, of making God our refuge. And I want to I apply this and, and I want to do that in a pretty open way and, and apply it really to my life. And, and maybe you'll, you'll be able to apply it to your life as well. Because as we've been going through this series for the last five weeks, I've had quite a few people stop me along the way and give me some feedback. And, and I've had several of you tell me how this has been a helpful uh, series for you. Maybe you've been going through some challenges and there's been an encouraging word. And I'm so glad about that. I've had several of you tell me you're going to send it to your friend or your, your, your neighbor or your, your brother or sister. People are going through some stuff. You're going to send some of these messages on so they can be encouraged as well. And that makes me so happy. I'm so happy to be able to offer an encouraging word to you. But, but to be honest with you, um, I wrote this series really for me. And, and, and Psalm 46 has been a very personal kind of, kind of series because I've been working through this. I've, I've really been working through this for, for myself. And so today, as we, as we close out the series, I thought, I thought it'd be helpful um, maybe to talk through an elephant in the room that we haven't talked about as a church family, at least not in worship, and uh, something that is certainly on the front of a lot of our minds, but something we haven't talked about in worship, I haven't really wanted to, and, but it's also something that definitely a lot of us have questions about and thoughts about, and that is um, our withdrawal from the United Methodist Church, our former denomination. And I don't, I don't want to get in the weeds here, and I don't want to rehash things we've already said on lots of occasions. So I want to talk about this more personally. Um, some of what this has been like, like for me. And I've had a lot of you ask me, um, Spencer, how are you doing? And so I just, you know, the next few minutes, just kind of answer that question a little bit and, and look at this through the lens of Psalm 46. So about a year ago or so, I mean, for lots of years, we've been paying attention to the United Methodist Church in our, in our, in our church, but... Um, over last year, especially last spring, we really started paying attention to some things that were going on. And, and I was growing more and more and more concerned with a lot of what we were seeing. And so uh, uh, about you know, a year ago, we were watching these things and I just, I felt this great frustration because I felt stuck. You've been in those, those times where you just like, I don't know what to do. And I, I just felt stuck. About the same time, our board, we started to consider some, some options and just wondering what it is that the Lord is leading us to and having deeper and more meaningful conversations and considering what, what it was that we should practically do to, to respond to some of what we were seeing. And 
And so we decided to, to take some actions. But, but, but before we did, I remember I, we had this board meeting that uh, went for hours and hours where we talked in circles for a lot of it because we just we were trying to process and understand what to do. And, and we, we left that night really not knowing what to do. And I, I remember driving home down 65 Highway and I was just I was praying, I was frustrated, and I was telling the Lord about it. And I, I just, I remember, I remember praying, Lord, I just, I just don't know what to do. I don't know if you just heard what I said, but I said, Lord, I don't know what to do, right? I, I was feeling like I was the linchpin to the operation here, and I didn't know what to do. And, and as I said that, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke into my life and, and, and caught that for me. It's like, this isn't about you, right? This isn't about what you can do and how smart you are and the solutions you can come up with. And, and I had this moment where I just, driving down the highway, I said, okay, Lord, this is, this is yours. Everything here is yours. And I, I had this experience, I'm, I don't say this lightly, this isn't something that I've experienced a lot of times before, but I had this experience where pretty much instantaneously the frustration and fear that I felt left my body and instead, I felt this supernatural sense of peace. Like my, my cells were just filled with this supernatural sense of peace. In the Bible, uh, in Philippians, Paul talks about a peace that passes understanding. And that's like the closest I can come to, to expressing this. And I've come back to that moment a lot of times in the last several months, just remembering this supernatural peace that I felt like the Lord gave me. Well, we went through the summer. We took some action. I know there were people who were upset about our action, and I, I totally get that. Uh, we, we, we went ahead and, and left the United Methodist Church. We had a congregational meeting. It was rough, but with overwhelming support, we, we moved forward. Um, things were progressing. It looked like things were going to go well. And, and uh, after a few months, we, we were notified of litigation, and we, were, we realized we are going to have to force us to, to go to the courts and and call me naive, but I didn't think that's the way that this was going to go. I just, I just, I thought we were going to go in a different direction. And so as we've gone through these last few months, um, sometime in the midst of all of that, just in my daily Bible reading, I came across Psalm 46. And I don't want to make this sound more spiritual than it was. Like Psalm 46 was just because I read the Psalms every day and it was on the schedule. <laughs> but as I came across Psalm 46 and I read it one day, it was like a bell just started to ring. I mean, it just grabbed my attention. I read Psalm 46 and I read it the next day and the next day and the next day and I kept coming back to it over and over and over again. I was underlining it, I was writing it out, I memorized it, I was praying it. And I was doing this because I, I, I was realizing later, I didn't realize it at the time, but I realized that later that the last three or four months over the winter have been the most stressful experience I've, I've ever had as we've been navigating through this. And, and I realized that through this, I, I, I kept coming back to this natural kind of inclination I have within myself to think, what can I do to solve this problem? What can I do to create the solution? What can I do to bring freedom for us? What can, what, how, how do I do this? And I kept coming back, this is if it was the linchpin, but the Lord kept bringing me back to Psalm 46 to be reminding me, no, 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 I'm your refuge and strength. No, 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 you need to trust me. No, no, no. Even though the waters, the earth may fall into the heart of the sea, even, even though these things might happen, you, you still don't have to fear. Like the Lord just kept reminding me this over and over and over again. And so we come to this series for the last five weeks and, and I'm glad it has been helpful for a lot of people. But to be honest with you, we needed to do the series because I needed to write it for myself. Because I needed to be reminded of what was true. 
I needed to remind myself of this. I needed to, to have the Lord speak to me through the scripture. And I needed to be reminded that this is what the Lord wanted to say to us. And so now, though, it's time not just to be reminded of what's true, but also to live into it. And so I, I bet some of you are in the same, same place. Maybe not with denominational crisis like, like I have been experiencing, but, but maybe with other things, other challenges that we all experience in our lives, relationships, finances, health, all kinds of things. And, and maybe for you as well, this has been a helpful experience for you as we've gone through Psalm 46 because you needed to be reminded of the truth as well. But now we, we need to go beyond just being reminded of it and we need to live into it. We need to apply it. And that's what Psalm 46 verse 10 is about. It's about applying it. It's not so much to just say, yes, the Lord is our refuge and strength. Now it's time to rest in the promise. It's time to take our challenges, our stress, whatever it is we fear, to give it to the Lord and to say, I know that your purposes are going to be done. You are my refuge and strength. You will be exalted among the nations. You will be exalted in the earth. This isn't really about me. This is about you. And so we take these challenges, we take these stressors, we give them to the Lord. And in response to what he is doing, what he can do and what he will do, we are still. We rest in the promise and the knowledge of who he is. So today as we close, and we're going to close like we normally do and we're going to pray together. But as we pray today, what I want to pray for us is I want to pray the words of Psalm 46. And may these words be true for you. May they be true for me. May they be true for our church. Let's pray. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us in worship today. We hope you found this encouraging and strengthening to your faith and something that you can rest in and you can share with others. Today, we want to thank those who helped uh, produce this experience for us. We want a big, a big shout out to Alec for the production side of things. A thanks to Taylor for stepping in for Stephanie. Uh, we're so glad that Taylor could share those announcements. The worship team, thanks for that, that song. And uh, Spencer for that, that word from Psalm 46. If you found this helpful, and in fact, we've heard from so many that have found this series on Psalm 46 really helpful and pointed to their time in their life where they're at right now. If you found it helpful, we encourage you to take a moment, share it with someone who needs to hear this good word, this good gospel of that we can rest and we can trust in the Lord. Now, uh, we turn to next week. We hope you'll join us again. 
Same time, same channel, all that same stuff. We're going to enter into a new series where we're going to look at the Sermon on the Mount. It's going to be a, a big engagement with the Sermon on the Mount, with what Jesus said about so many practical things about life. We look forward to seeing you there. We hope you have a great week. The Lord bless you, guide you, and keep you. Amen. I know no